Hey there, ho there, hi there. It's your favorite babes of retail. I'm Janelle. And I'm Kim. And we are coming at you very late because we've had a busy couple of weeks. And as you know, we work retail and Monday was Memorial Day, so there was no time for us to record at work. We would have loved to, but uh, yeah, it just wasn't happening. Plus, you know, sports are still going on and that was important to our people. Yeah, we got a little tied up in it. All right, but we do want to discuss the season finale of Riverdale, which we didn't get to talk about the week it happened, or for the following Monday, but God, we are so prepared. Oh, we just have so, we've had so much time to mull it over, like, I almost think that this is even better than us going through it initially, because now we've had time to, like, see what the cast has been posting and, like, yeah, see all true. this stuff. So and now it's kind of like, I have a couple questions at the end of my notes, like just like leading into next season. Mm-hmm. And I just, and also new people have started watching it at, like in the friend circle. And so it's like, they're bringing new perspectives, bringing back old things from season one mm-hmm. that I haven't even thought about since season one. Yeah. Kaylee just finished season one. <laughs> yeah. And so. she keeps asking me all these questions and I was like, don't even go to work today. Just <laughs> go back home and watch season two. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, she's really in for it because, like, there's stuff in the beginning of season two that I completely forgot happened. And oh, my God. The there's stuff that is the beginning of season two that I thought happened in season one. Yeah, like, because honestly, this season was really long. There was so much jam-packed into this season two as well. Yeah. It's good. But I feel like, I don't know. Okay, so since the seasons are over now, do you like season one's plot more or season two's plot more? I think I like season one's more. I feel like they tried to create too many plot lines for season two. Yeah. Like with the mob and then also with the Black Hoods, plural. Yeah. Like, but I do like season two, but I like the plot for season one a lot better. It felt simple. But it was a pilot season two. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't want to make it too overwhelming, I guess, which makes sense. Yeah, I bet if they had done this as their season one, it wouldn't have got written. It would not have done as well. I, if I if I watched this, I don't think I would be, like, looking too forward to season yeah, because it's just, like, a lot to process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a good season. It's just, like, I don't know, it wouldn't have been a good introductory. Yeah, exactly. I think they did a great job with season one. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with the season two, but like I said, there's, like there's a lot going on this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the finale kicks off, and they try to make us think Jug's dead. And I kind of believed it for a minute. Yeah, and, me too. Because they made it very believable. They, like we said, they did the preview very well, mm-hmm. where we thought... But, um, he is not. It was <laughs> a dream. Surprise. Also, Fangs is not dead. Yes, and I kind of felt like that. I kind of didn't believe that he was dead. I think One, you mentioned that, too. because of where he got shot. He got shot in, like, the stomach, like, right here-ish, mm-hmm. and, like, the abdomen, and it's like, okay, you can live through that if they didn't get you right. Also, the serpents, like, don't let go of people, and they get people out of there. Like, uh, Joaquin. Joaquin left without, like, a freaking trace. Yeah. So, obviously, they're not gonna make a big deal about Fangs leaving, because they want him to be secretive, and they want it to make it look like he's dead. Because if it looks like he's dead, then there's no reason for anybody to ever look for him. That's true, too. Yeah, I think you had mentioned during that episode when he got shot that, like, oh, Fangs isn't dead. Well, well and fine. then I thought, leading into the season finale, I was like, okay, the casket might be Fangs, and Jughead might just be in the hospital and couldn't go to see the casket, mm-hmm. or the grave or whatever, and then, yeah, I was wrong on that. But yeah, they played that whole thing pretty well. They did. They wanted to throw misleading. us off. Um, but the serpents and the ghoulies did end up fighting, and the trailer park burned. Yeah, and then FP tells Jug that all the serpents are gone now. They've, like, either disbanded or joined the ghoulies. Yeah. Yeah. It was pointed out that it seems like the second Black Hood has a political motive, mm-hmm. which I didn't think about before. I didn't think about that at all. I thought we talked all. about that. Maybe we did. I know you just don't remember, but I when I heard it in the episode, I was like, oh, that would make sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In the same conversation of them saying that, he has a political motive. Um, it kind of shows how all f- the the inner, the core four feel about Hiram, and they all kind of feel the same way. Yeah, I know. Even Veronica. Yeah, and I mean, she's fed up with her dad's shit, though. She always has been, mm-hmm. even before he got back. So I think she really was trying to give him a shot, and now she's just like, okay, fuck you. You're a dick. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, the breaking point, honestly, was Small Fry when he shows up. And Hermione has to kill him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, like, her moment of, well, we've come too far now. Mm-hmm. And I agree, because it's, like, Hiram wasn't there for them. Like, yeah. he was off on this, like, mysterious... Well, he was off talking to Penelope and Claudius, which blows my fucking mind, because he was talking to them, and they were, like, talking about, like, a plan. Yeah. And then it unfolds at the end of the episode, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Well, and then, 
Um, the interesting thing for Hiram's character in this episode, like, we know that he's had his hands and everything, but, like, you actually see him jumping around. Like, yeah, like, he's, he's actually, like, place. doing the groundwork this episode. Like, And I'm going to jump a little bit to the end of the episode, but it shows Hiram's circle of guys at the yeah, end. Yeah, I wrote down, and every villain is lemons. Every villain is lemons. <laughs> um, it's... Okay, so I put Team Hiram is Penny, Penelope Blossom... The ghoulies, the sheriff, and Claudius. Yeah. And that brings you back to the beginning of the episode, where the sheriff is so nonchalant throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh, he's if, totally if this was Sheriff Sheriff Keller, like, he would be freaking out. He'd be trying to figure all this stuff out, and it's like, this dude's just, you can tell this dude's paid off by Hiram. Mm-hmm. And it shows at the end. Especially when, okay, so, so it, we, you know, it becomes revealed that, like, there was a political motive involved, and mm-hmm. then Archie tells the sheriff, I know there's more than one Black Hood, this isn't the only one, like, when he goes to identify Hal as a Black Hood, mm-hmm. and then they, like, uh, they mysteriously find out, oh, it was Tallboy, and Tallboy's suddenly dead now. Yeah. That whole instance when the sheriff is telling Archie, oh, yeah, well, it, you know, we went to go investigate Tallboy's house, and we had an altercation, he died, and, like, no, that all sounds, like, really planned out. Like, this seems like a fabricated story. Yeah, and I'm, I have no doubt that it is. But then, before we see the sheriff, we see Alice and Alice is losing oh, her shit on the yeah. front porch. And I thought that was interesting, and I liked that they did that. Because in the first episode, or, like, last episode, they, um... Like, immediately after? Yeah. When they she showed, chill? Yeah, she seemed totally fine. She didn't seem like anything was wrong. Or, like, she seemed, like, not too upset about it, I guess. And then it shows her this episode, and she's just, like, off the frickin' rails, like, yelling at people, like, come look at where he planned the murders and stuff, which we all know there's nothing in there. Yeah. But, um, and then Betty goes and apologizes to Fred. And which I was is like, so ah, sad. God damn it. It's not her fault. And it, I'm surprised that, like, she's gonna be able to go back to school. Like, if next season they don't have her getting bullied. It's like, gonna be inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, at least, like, glared at. Yeah, like, there should like, be some I don't think sort there's of... too much bullying happening at Riverdale. Hi. Because, like, they deal with their... There's, like... I feel like bullying leads into, like, the big blowout that is, like, fuck you. At Riverdale, it's just kind of, like, right to the point. Like, when the serpents got there, it's like, we don't fucking want you here. And it's like, oh, oh okay. Oops. So, um... Yeah, I feel like there there has to be, like, some sort of... I guess, like, societal repercussions for Betty... Because, like, there's there's no way she would go to school and people would treat her exactly the same, you know? Well, yeah, like, because if because I bad. wouldn't. And, I mean, I try to treat everybody, like, equally. Mm-hmm. I, like, you know? But, like, okay, but so... But it's, like, it'd be really hard to know that, like... Uh, not that I would, like, hate her for it or anything. It would just be, like... No, but you couldn't look cautious. at her. Yeah, and you couldn't look at her and, like, not think, like, oh, your dad killed one of our fellow students. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. And then, like, um... <laughs> that's my cat. I am so sorry. Not really. Um, enjoy her meows. So, like, imagine, like, you Betty's classmate, and you knew what she did to Chuck. I'm pretty sure that's oh, what they yeah. when she went dark Betty the first time and, like, tried to drown him in the yeah. hot tub. And now... And now, combined with her dad being a murderer, I'd be like, oh, no, she's a psycho. Oh, yeah. Steer clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. But Fred was so amazing and said, like, it's not your fault. You don't need to bear your dad's, like, bad decisions. It's like, God damn it. He just gets more and more perfect the more you see him. Yeah. And Kaylee just got to the final. Aww. And she's like, Fred! And it's just, it took everything in me not to be like, he's not dead, he's, he's okay. perfect. <laughs> but I was just like, you have to keep watching, just keep watching, don't talk to me about it in person. <laughs> um, and then we see Moose and Kevin yes. get hot and heavy in the bathroom, finally. So sweet. But I feel like, well, no, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. I was going to say, it could make Kevin look guilty. Yeah. I took a BuzzFeed quiz, side note, on yeah. who my Riverdale boyfriend would be. Yeah, was I, it Kevin? Yep. Oh. I was like, oh, I guess I'm... I guess you're a gay man. Yeah. Or a bi man. Yeah. Um. Oh, but um, what I was going to say before that mm-hmm. was, um, like, it's kind of Betty's whole thing. Like, when she apologizes to Fred, that's her whole episode is her struggling with, like, her darkness and her identity. I mean, there was a whole season was her struggling with her darkness. Yeah. But, like, this episode is the culmination of her, like, having to confront whether or not she's actually... And I think she's been struggling with that all season, but I don't think it's really mattered to her because it hasn't had to matter to her. Mm-hmm. And then this episode really makes it prominent. Like, holy shit, you could really be, like, 
a terrible person if you wanted to be. Yeah, and it's, like, kind of evident when she's talking to Jug in front, like, with Polly's babies. Yes. Yeah. But then we brought to the point, which we can dive into in a little bit when we get there, but then it brings Polly into the situation where we're like, holy fuck, maybe the darkness just got passed down to Polly. Yeah. We'll bring that in, though. Um, they start off saying that the serpents are going to be sent to Seaside High, which is two hours away, and I called such bullshit on it. That sucks so yeah, bad. That, like, what school district would make that decision? You shut down their school, you uprooted them from their school, you moved them to a new school, a better school, you guarantee, like, granted... You know, Sweepy did try to burn down the school, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, love, I love in the beginning of the episode when John goes to talk to Sweet Pea and Tony, who and are still in the serpents, by the way. Yeah, the only two remaining ones for the children, apparently. Yeah, and um, honestly, the only important one, so it's fine. Yeah, but Sweet Pea's like complaining about how they're being treated and Jug's like okay well you did try to oh he's like he said something like he looks at us like you're bad guys and he's like yeah but you did try to burn down the school so uh, um and then the serpents are living at the worm and I thought that was so sad because their their homes got burned down and it's like if I were Hiram and that like band of evil people I wouldn't care either I'd be like I don't give a fuck where they live get them out of the land that I'm trying to build on yeah but me being the person that I am I'm just like oh Please. Everybody come sleep at my house. And then Hiram, it becomes revealed, thanks to Hermione, that Hiram's also trying to buy the white worm. Yep. And, um... To further kick them out of their home. Hermione looks like she doesn't know about Hiram meeting with Penelope. He goes to talk to somebody, and she, like, has no idea where the fuck he's going. Yeah, and doesn't... Is it this episode where she asks him, um... um like, uh, you're not hiding anything from me, are you? I don't know if that was last episode or this episode, but I did think of that, too, because... I think it might have been last episode. Okay. Because I think small, tall, small fry. Yeah, small, yeah, small fry. Small fry. Tall boy, small fry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know, I'm like. Hermione's whole position is really difficult this episode, too. Her, this, like, last half of the season, it makes it really difficult, because it's like. She's just trying to When do you marry right. somebody, you're supposed to support them and love them, and I don't think they love each other. No. But, like, she's just trying to do what's right, and it's also... Try not to jump too far ahead. No, that's okay. We're kind of just bouncing all over the But also, anyway. Penelope warned Cheryl about yes. the white worm. And so, I brought up later, like, why? Because Penelope has no reason. Penelope treats Cheryl like shit on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for her to go warn her about her girlfriend. Yeah. And well, her friends. So, yeah. it was like, was it a moment of weakness because she feels like she's losing her daughter, like, officially? Or was it, like, she thinks it's the wrong thing to do? Like, I don't know where Penelope stands because I can't even tell. Like, we have not gotten enough Pen- of Penelope in any season yeah. as a character to know, like, what she's thinking when. Well, and then the end of this episode when it becomes, like, evident that she's going to be a fucking madam for a brothel i'm like okay where did this whole character but let me just say that in two separate D &D campaigns i have brothels and i was like oh my god i think i love penelope (laughs) because you're like shit i should be testing this penelope oh my god i relate (laughs) but um archie and veronica go and talk to betty because you know she's struggling with her dad Uh and they're both there supporting her and i thought it was so sweet oh my god this brings me to a point that kaylee brought up to me but i'll take it just one second i said also betty and betty and archie would be cute together physically like if you took them and put them side by side in a prom photo or something i'd be like oh my god perfect couple yeah and it makes sense because you know initially he was like the football player you know like she was like the girl next door But now that things have unfolded, I still agree that they would be cute together. Maybe not uh, personality-wise, mm-hmm. but, like, okay. So I was talking to Kaylee today while she was driving to work, and she's talking about... Because she knows nothing of season two. Right, right. So she just knows what she's seen in season one, and she was mentioning that she used to read the Archie comics. Oh. And she said that if it went along with the Archie comics, Archie... And Betty end up together, and Veronica and Jughead end up together, or something like that. Interesting. And I was like, oh, no! Because I want Betty and Jughead to be together forever. And I would like to see her with... Hashtag Bughead. Yes. I would like to see her with Archie, just to see how it would go. But I only want Jughead to be tied to Betty. <laughs> like, yeah. No, see, I was actually just thinking the same thing when you were mentioning, like, Archie and Betty look good together. And then I thought about it, and I'm like... No, Jughead and Veronica don't look good together, though. Like, they don't make sense. I don't sense. know if they didn't pick the right 
Because, like, I feel like in the comics they would. Because they're drawn that way. Yeah, yeah. But... I just think that, like... Maybe they didn't pick the right casting to make that happen. Honestly, it's probably, like, a big character thing. Because I feel like, um, her... Like, Veronica is too preppy, and Jughead is too... He's too, like, liberal. Yeah. In a way. Like, you know? Yeah. Um... And but, then... Oh, yeah. No, you go, you go. Okay, so then it goes to FP, and he's just slumped into a couch with, like, alcohol around him, and he says that Hiram fired him from Pops. And I'm so mad. Like, FP is doing such a good job at turning his life around, mm-hmm. and, like, Hiram's fucking it all up. Like, I'm not gonna blame Hiram, because it's not his fault that he went back to drinking, yeah. but, like... It was super unnecessary to fire him. The thing with Hiram is that he just doesn't give a fuck about anybody else's lives. So he doesn't understand, like, how his decisions are affecting other people. Exactly. He only thinks about how they're helping him. And then F.P. tells Jughead that they're moving back to Toledo to be with his mom and Jellybean. And can I just say that I'm so upset that we did not meet them this season. season. And Dylan Sprouse didn't show up in a dress. (laughs) I know! (laughs) Um, but But Kaylee was talking about that, too. She's like... Oh, I'm really interested in meeting Jellybean and his mom. And I was like, you don't meet them in season two? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that now. That'll be the one thing I tell you. Because yeah. I don't want you to end up like me and get your hopes up. <laughs> then uh, every single episode, we were like, maybe Jellybean will come in now. Yeah. Nope. All right. Oh, okay, no, maybe cool. Jughead's dead, so maybe they'll show up for the funeral. Like, what? <laughs> no. There was nothing. The one thing I will say, though, is that, like, I thought they were going to make a whole storyline out of FP's, like, alcoholism. And then they decided to finish that, like, wrap that up by the end of the episode. I mean, cool, though. Like, he doesn't need to slide back into that. That fucked up Jughead's life. It fucked up his life. Like, yeah. It was so bad. It showed, like, the bad side of it. Like, his son was living, like, homeless. Living at the drive-in and then living at the school. And it's like, I love that they show that Jughead loves his dad. But it's like, if I were loving and, like, like that, like Jughead is, I don't think I'd ever be able to, like, fully forgive him for, yeah. like, basically not giving a fuck about me. And, yeah. like, allowing me to live... I don't know. That might just be, like, my... No, no, I agree with you. I feel like, realistically, you wouldn't, like, be able to recover from that with your parent. I mean, I wouldn't hold it over their head. Like, I wouldn't resent them all the time for it. But it's, like, if I thought about it too long, then I'd start to get, like, angry. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that, like, had I been in Jughead's position, if I went home and I saw FP on the couch, like, drinking, drinking, I would have packed my shit. I would have been fucking pissed. Um, and then Mary McCoy is in this episode, and she's helping fucking everybody. Yeah, she's all over she's the She's helping place. Cheryl. She helped Cheryl. She helped Veronica get the mm-hmm. worm. Yep. She helped Cheryl get, uh... Emancipated. Emancipated. And she's helping Fred. Yeah. Like, she's killing it. She's definitely redeeming... Not that she's, like, a bad character. No, She's, like, redeeming herself. They're, they're putting her to use, that's for sure. And then enter Polly. And Polly's talking about how they should forgive Hal, and... Yeah, what the fuck? And, and, like... Why is she even back? Polly wasn't there for this. Polly didn't have to go through this. Polly didn't have this happening right no, under her nose. She just, fucking like, left. showed up for Hal to be in prison. Which, like, honestly, based on the end of the episode, leads me to believe she's in some sort of cahoots. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I have a, I have a feeling that Hiram potentially has known about Polly for a really long time. Mm. And, like, I feel like Hiram's pretty smart and would do the research on the place he was moving to before mm-hmm. he moved his family there. And maybe talked to Polly, or found a way to talk to Polly, wrote to Polly while she was in the sister, wayward sisters or whatever. Yeah. It would not surprise me. Do you think that next season, because, like, Polly offers Alice to meet with that dude Oh, it's gonna be farm, terrible, dude. Do you think next, next season's gonna be the cult season? I think so. Farm? I think so. <clears throat> so then, back to Mary McCoy and Veronica. Hermione gives the tip to Veronica that Hiram's going to buy the white worm. Yep. Which ties me back in with Penelope as to, like, why are they helping their daughters if they're doing such terrible things? Yeah, it's weird. It's like they have these one, like, moments of trying to be good. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? It's like their shining moment. And then I thought, is Hermione working her daughter like Archie was worked by Hiram? Yeah, I thought that too. It doesn't seem like it, though. I can't tell. I can't get a read on it. Because Hiram worked Archie like no big deal. And it was pretty obvious what Hiram was trying to do. I feel like they didn't write it as obviously for Penelope if, if or for If that's what they're doing, Hermione. then they're doing a really good job at doing that. Because mm-hmm. I can't really tell. Um, and now Cheryl runs to Archie and 
Jughead and tells them that the White Worm's going to get raided. And they all run there, and Archie offers asylum at his house. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was shot so terribly, in my opinion. Yeah. It looked it was so, so much bad. shit. Like, and it was so... It was how so, are you going to tell me, like, 60 people running down the street doesn't attract any attention from the cops? And they're, like, all hiding in alleyways, and it's not even, like, dimly like, dim like, lit. I hate that that was what... Okay, so we watched this... Janelle watched this episode at work. Yeah. <laughs> and I... Because we thought we were going to be recording sooner and it just didn't work out. But our coworker who has talked about potentially getting into the show was just so happening to watch, like, this part of the episode. And I was like, I promise the series is nothing <laughs> like this. But it was, like, almost embarrassing to have her watch this one yeah. section because I'm like, no, please don't think that this is what the show was like. Because if it was, I couldn't... It's so cringy to me. Yeah, it's really, like, it's really cheesy. And then... There's that one scene, though, when they're, like, about to cross the bridge, and Jughead turns around, and it's, like, like... The sirens. Yeah, the sirens, like, they're about to get caught, but, you know, they're not gonna get caught. And that, like, I said it when we were watching it, that that felt like that would have been a trailer moment. If, if, if they weren't trying to, like... Yeah. Yeah, make him seem like he was dead. Yeah. Um, I was really kind of bugged that they didn't show the sheriff raiding the White Worm, though. I yeah, thought that would have made an interesting scene. Like, 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 like it would have made a good musical scene, you know? Like oh, absolutely. Like, slow-mo and the music playing and them, yeah. like, turning tables or something because they're pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I said it's amazing the power that these kids have. Because yeah. they walk in and they're, like, two, like, high school kids and they're, like, we're getting you the fuck out of here. And they're, everybody's, like, cool. Okay. Great. Um, and, and then, then they all go to Archie Andrews. And Vegas is back. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Thanks to absolutely no one who participated in the Where's Vegas hashtag, but we found him without you. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Archie gets this idea, and then everybody serpents jackets to uh, school. Yeah, because that was a really powerful I scene. thought that was a really, really cute thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. And then it also helped them... Also, oh. Veronica looked Veronica look kind of good in the leather jacket. Uh, Principal Weatherby it threatened expulsion if they didn't take it, and Archie gave this, like, long... Well, not long speech, but he, like, said something dramatic like Archie does, and it was like, yeah. you're not the kind of person that would do that, and if that's the kind of place we're working at, then I don't want to be a part of it. Mm. And I was like, oh. And then it was after that that he ends up getting um, the, like, Stuco presidency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Tony said that maybe Cheryl being a serpent should become official. And I was like, yes. woo And Which is another thing that we had been, like, predicting from, yeah. from, like, halfway through the season. Well, from, like, ever since they started, like, introducing Tony and Cheryl in scenes together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Veronica ends up buying the worm and starts barter- bartering with Hiram. Hiram says, you can have the worm, but I'm cutting you off. But that was, like, the worst negotiation ever. Like, literally, he, like, he shows up, Veronica says, okay, let's negotiate, Daddy, because I have what you want. And then they sit down, and she takes the first offer Hiram gives her. I'm sure, like, she, I feel like she was kind of shocked, though, because I would be. Like, I would have this in my brain, like, okay, this is how the negotiation's gonna go. He's gonna say... I don't want to do this. Offer something small. I'm going to offer something back. And that's when he'll be like, boom in your face. And Mm -hmm. it just, it cut all that like small talk out and was like, cool. You want this place? You're getting cut off. And she was like, oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that's fine. I guess. Uh, Betty goes kind of crazy. And then she goes to visit her dad. Yes. And in, I said, it looks like the set, from Silence of the Lambs, when Clarice goes to talk to Hannibal Lecter, and he, the, like, the way the cell's set up, and there was a chair in the hallway, and I was like, okay, it feels like they're making a node. Yeah. And then in that same scene, um, after Betty's done talking to Hal, she gets up, and she's, like, you know, speaking to him at, like, mir- like right on the other side of the window, and she says, you have no power over me. And I'm like, that is 100% a line directly from Labyrinth. <laughs> word for word. I thought it was a really good scene. And, you know, Hal's like, you'll be back. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then he up. fades out, too. And, then, like, I think that was a really good, like, auditory decision mm-hmm. in the editing room. Because then it's like, Betty's just phased him out of her life. Like, yep. as she's walking away, she's like, no, I don't need you. And then FP retires. And... Yes. 
gives the mantle over to Jughead. And, oh, Fangs is there. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl becomes a serpent before Betty does. Officially. Yeah, yeah I mean, like... Which gets touched on at the end of the episode, but, like, what? <laughs> I actually, like, talked to some people on Reddit about this, and um, a lot of people were like, well... Cheryl did do a lot because, you know, like, my, my complaint was that, like, Betty had to do the dance and Jughead had to get the shit beat out of him to become a serpent and then Cheryl just, like, joins the jacket. Yeah. But, like, I guess she actually was a part of it because, like, she showed up with Jughead to help rescue Tony. I mean, it's true. I guess she did show her, like, bearings, but still it's, like, she doesn't have to do anything because yeah. I feel like, uh, like, say Archie decided to be part of the serpents, right? Was there, like, everything with Cheryl, you know they'd still beat the shit out of him. Yeah. They'd still initiate him. Yeah. So it's like... It's like they just didn't want to have Cheryl do it, and maybe it's, like, in her contract that she won't do anything maybe, weird like that. Maybe. But... Um, and then it shows Alice again back at the house, and she just looks like she's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, Full-blown cat lady. Fred didn't win the election. Hermione did, as we all knew. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like, became even more clear to me when Archie did win, because I was like... Yeah. Both Andrews can win. And then win. Hermione shows up at Fred's house... And congratulates him on a running a great campaign, and I was like, oh, that was kind of cute. Which is kind of weird. This is, like, a really weird connection, but it reminds me of when, um, uh, in Parks and Rec, when, um, uh, that one chick who runs all the campaigns who doesn't have any kids, um, and sleeps oh, with, uh, the Eagletown chick? Eagleton? No, not, not, what's her face from The Good Is this place. the last season? No, it's, um, there's, well, I mean, she's in the last season, too, but she's the campaign manager who then asks Ben to come join her on campaign trails. I oh, do not remember, but I haven't seen the show in a long time. She's also in, like, uh, she's also in Step Brothers, and she's that one oh, that, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's the one who likes Dale. Yes. Yeah. Who <laughs> wants to curl him up into a little yeah. ball and put yep. him in her vagina. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, like, yeah, it reminded me of when, like, she congratulated Ben on running a good campaign and then offered for him to come with her. So... Um, totally, totally different scenario, but that's just what it reminded me of. <laughs> um, Archie is meeting with Hiram alone to congratulate Hiram for being horrible and has a knife and confronts him. And he's still not scary, like Archie. You're really no, still I not know. intimidating. That whole scene happened, I'm like, you know he had someone murdered, right? Multiple people. <laughs> like, and what, what did you, you do? This like, you <laughs> hunted down the Black Hood and then got scared. And then, like, took, like... He claimed killing Papa Poutine, but then when that came back to bite him in the ass, he was like, no, 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 I didn't do that. That wasn't me. Ugh. <laughs> and then Veronica was really redeeming herself this episode. I thought she did a kick-ass job. Dude, just, like, left and right, Veronica was fixing things up. And then, like, uh, when Jughead says, well, your dad fired my dad, she's like, I can fix this. Yeah. And then um, it was brought to the attention that Penelope, or no, Penny was supposed to kill Jughead. Yeah. Like, he was not supposed to live through that. And they thought he was dead. Yeah, she said that he wasn't breathing when they left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, now I'm just mad. And then Penelope <laughs> was resurrected. <laughs> was promised a brothel. And uh, Hiram says that steps have been taken to dissolve the Fantastic Four. Um, and then that shows Polly talking to Alex. And Polly has someone she wants Alice to meet with to help her and is looking mad sinister about it. Like, there's nothing innocent looking yeah, about Polly. absolutely. Like, there's some darkness residing in her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the episode happens. And, you know, Archie's getting, like, inducted into the... Yeah, into the, like, student council. Cool. And I'm sitting there. I'm telling you, my heart... I felt like I just drank three Red Bulls. As soon as Josie started singing, I was like, something good well, is not going to My notes here. go, is Josie going to be shot? What's going to happen? I'm so nervous. I thought Archie was going to get shot. I 100%. thought Josie was. Because I thought, like, so unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. Also, the mayor's kid. Yeah. Like, the ex-mayor's yeah. kid. Like, okay. Yeah. And then, turns out... It was also really ominously done. <laughs> like, her singing. I'm like, you have no background. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, um... Yeah, and then, so, it turns out that Hiram had tipped off his fucking purchased sheriff that Archie murdered that boy, yeah. whose name was Casey or Cassidy? Cassidy? Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. And then, it shows him getting arrested, Hiram looking sinister, the other, the, the three-fourths of the Fantastic Four looking confused as fuck, and then it ends the episode. Yeah, and it, like, and, what? Uh, uh, I honestly... 
honestly don't know if this was Hiram's move to dissolve these, like, our four. Why? I just don't make, it doesn't make sense because if anything, that would bring them all closer exactly, together. Exactly, because you've seen how they work together to get Cheryl out of the thing. Like, yeah. they work together to do everything. So it's like, you're just putting them in a state where they're just going to work harder. It's only going to take them, like, literally five minutes of talking to Archie for him to be like, no, 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 that wasn't me. I yeah. was banging Miss Grundy, so couldn't have been me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Also, although Miss Grundy's dead, so I guess like legally he doesn't have anybody who can um, testify. Like, yeah, back up his alibi. Uh, also, fuck, I had a point. Mm. Uh, well, anyway, um, so I had a couple questions. I said Penelope was sleeping with Hal at one point. Is there a chance that she knew about him? I mean, I doubt it. But like, I feel like when you're sharing intimate moments with each other, you guys talk. Uh, okay, so, if Penelope did know, would she even care? Exactly. Because she's well, a part I've of learned the, from Game of Thrones. <laughs> what I've learned from Game of Thrones is that people will learn things via sexual relations, relations, yeah, and then relay the information. So maybe she doesn't care, but maybe it benefited Hiram. Yeah, well, maybe he plans to blackmail, too. Maybe. Like, I mean, maybe that was initially the plan, but then fucking hell went full cycle, f- full psycho, and, like, completely destroyed it himself. He torpedoed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I have a feeling that Archie's arrest will bring back his mom. Mm. Oh, Veronica brings up the fact that she's gonna open a speakeasy, and she wants FP to run it. Yes. And I thought that was really sweet. I also think that that's gonna be really cool next And I'm season really to excited to see how it looks. Yeah. Like, I know... Veronica's taste is really good. I wanted to have, like, um, the same sort of, like, 60s, 50s yeah, feel that pops. pops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, like, the same feel as the club she went to in, like, one of the seasons. Okay. Do you remember? No. She, like, took her mom's credit card and took, wait, like, went to the club. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then, yeah, I said, when will we meet Jughead's mom and Jellybean? And that's all for my notes. Cool. But it was just... I don't like the way they ended the season. It, I mean, it makes sense. I get it. But I am also a little bit flustered. Like, I wish there was more now. And now we have to wait till October. I also don't feel... Oh, October? Yeah. Aw. It's only five months away, though. Yeah. I'm not too mad now. We'll, we'll have time to fully catch up on Daredevil, which I think season three just wrapped. Really? For filming. Okay. So. Um... <laughs> um, so I guess that brings us into uh Daredevil. Reddit? Reddit, yeah. Okay. Um so um the first question we're gonna talk about that I found on Reddit today is what is the, the dumbest question a customer or client has ever asked you at your job? And I initially, like immediately thought of um <laughs> When a customer asks me if a computer comes with Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it has Wi-Fi capability, yeah. but you have to purchase Wi-Fi. And they're like, well, then how am I supposed to use this? Well, sir, you go home and you pay for Wi-Fi and you hook it up. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of mine was like during my customer service days. And it was, like, people asking me about the, about their accounts. But it's, like, okay, oh, my God. Or, like, when you spell something out for a customer, like, okay, this is going to go on to, like, six months, no interest, 12 months, no interest. Well, how long do I have to pay it off? Well, you have what six months with no interest. And if you don't pay it off with the note or in the six months, then the interest gets added on to it. And then you can pay it off however long you like to. Yeah, the one that I hate, too, is when we put something on six months, no interest, and they're like, okay, so how much do I... What's my monthly payment? Yeah, I'm like, well, if you take your total and you divide it by six, that's what you should pay. Well, I always say, like, you can divide it by six, or you just have no interest for six months. So if you don't want to pay it off in six months, which doesn't make sense, but if you don't, then um, just pay it off whenever you want. Yeah, because, like... Or, like, when people ask... So, we have this thing at our work called a regular revolving plan, which means it's just standard, there's interest. Yeah, it's like Um, a regular credit card. Yeah. And so, people will ask us, well, how... What's going to be my monthly payment? And I always tell them, the minimum, 
starts at 15. Yeah. And, um, you can, well, how long do I need, how long do I have to pay it off? You can pay it off in whatever time span you'd like. Have you never had a credit card before? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's confusing because we just call it like a reg or a regular evolving plan. Yeah. But it's like, there's nothing that's that confusing about it. I fucking hate people. It reminded me of that customer we had the other day, even though it wasn't directly a question, but that guy who came in and was, like, commanding us to find him the three Google Home minis. Oh my god, we had this guy come in, and he was saying that we had a- he was telling us that we had a pack of Google Home minis, a three-pack. For $99. And we said, no, we have them individually. Did you mean the Samsung Smart Home? Because there's a three-pack of that. Yeah. No, it's the Google- home minis and then he literally said to me i saw them online you probably have them in your back stock room but you just don't know and i was like uh okay well and then kim was looking it up on the computer because i figured like if we didn't know about it and it was true that we had it it was it's no doubt on our website yeah i pulled up the ads online i looked at the and he's like standing beside you and he's like well look at the ads look at the ads you're like this is the ad and then he's like well you're not typing it in right let me type it in because i ended up just typing in google home i typed it in twice typed it in different ways he's like let me type it in you're probably not typing it in right so Janelle goes to help another customer. I'm finishing I up with this so guy. I'm so frustrated with this guy. I told him like four times on repeat. He's like, I saw it on the website. It was on your website. I'm like, well, Kim's on the website. And it's then, so he looks it up and then we get like two minutes into him looking at our website for it. And he's like, you know what? It was at Costco. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking my ass right now? Like, <laughs> I was like, but I was super in a good mood that day, so I was like, okay, well, no worries. Like, sorry, we don't have it here for you. I wish we did. <laughs> and have a good day. And the that, like, I split off to go talk to, I had to explain that, or not explain, but I chose not to explain the difference between internet and Wi-Fi to him, because <sighs> he thought that he could get a security system, and it would send him alerts to his phone. Oh my phone. god, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to get a security system that didn't require internet, and I was like, okay, this one has a DVR. And then... <laughs> And then he's like, okay, well, my friend has one that sends him alerts to his phone. And I told him, well, you'd need Wi-Fi for that. And he said, that's fine. I could pay for Wi-Fi. I just don't want to pay for the internet. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh People, my God. like, make me want to put my head through a wall. <laughs> At least those were the worst customers we had. Recently, yeah. I haven't yeah, had I a mean, really like, bad customer in a long time. Just on Memorial Day. Yeah. Um... So then, moving into our TV movie section, we saw Deadpool. Yes. I really liked it. It was really good the first time through. Like, I have to I have to put that little asterisk at the end. Yeah. Because the second time, the jokes kind of fell flat. But nothing is better... Oh, this is, you know... We usually do a forewarning for spoilers before this, but regardless, you know... Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Okay. Um... But the end credit scene with him killing, uh, like, killing Ryan Reynolds and killing Pratt's Deadpool is just, like, the best thing. I could watch that on loop. I love it that, like, he, as an actor, decided that he didn't like previous work that he did, and he just constantly acknowledges it. Yeah. Like, he's, instead of being, like, a dude that's like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it, huh? He's like, oh, yeah, no, I fucked up. <laughs> Let's not have this happen again. When they've been doing the, like, marketing tour for Deadpool 2, they just ended. You probably saw because you follow him on Instagram, too. And Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But uh, they just ended in Japan. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I saw! um, With all the cosplayers? Yeah. Yeah. And there's that one cosplayer who's dressed up as, like, the Wolverine Origins Deadpool, and he, like, posted it, and he he put the caption as, like, 2009, you haven't aged today. Yes, yes. It was super cute. Um, I love Also, a really... Quick side note, Josh Brolin is expecting a child. Oh, I know. What? How old is he? 50. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. He's going to be an old pop. Um, Tyler, I was talking to Tyler about it, and he's like, well, my parents were old and they had me, so I guess we got it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess, but like, okay. It's really cute. I mean, that's cool. How old um, is his wife? I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. Oh, okay. But it's cute. Um... But yeah, I thought it was good. I've only seen it once, though, so I haven't had the experience of watching it a second time. Yeah. Still like, good, though. The first one, I've watched enough to where I can, I quote it, like, on a daily basis. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna fucking spell it out for you. <laughs> but then, um, you know, so I haven't watched it, I'm sure when it comes, well, when it comes out on DVD, 
Blu-ray. I'll buy it. Yeah. But for now, I'm just like, cool. It was good. I know. I've been... <laughs> um, got my Blu-ray copy chilling right there for the first one. <laughs> and then Daredevil. Yes. Okay, so... Okay, so I'm what not, are your questions I'm with not Daredevil? big into superheroes. Like, I feel like I'm putting people in boxes right now. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the right thing to do. But at least for me, it's pertinent in my life with my friends. Um, I feel like nine times out of ten or like make a venn diagram out of it mm-hmm. one side is like superheroes the other side's like sci-fi yeah that's and then fair. there's like if you put them together there's people in the middle that like both mm-hmm. but like when you're choosing a fandom you choose one or the other pretty heavily mm-hmm. not that that's the only one you pick no it's like I, I i feel that way with myself like i primarily put myself with marvel but i do also love star wars exactly you know? exactly so for me as somebody who doesn't never really leaned towards superheroes. I leaned more towards sci-fi. Um, Daredevil's been great, because I, like, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I think Matt Murdock's a fucking hottie. His voice? I think oof. it's, like, I think it's good for you, because you like those mystery novels, and I feel like Daredevil has enough of a mystery to, like, keep you coming back. And it's interesting, because, okay, so I watched the movie. Yeah, the... <laughs> yes. And I really, really like oh, the movie. I just gave myself a Charlie Horse laughing about that movie. <laughs> I really like the movie, but I also can acknowledge that it's a terrible movie. Yeah. But I really like the show now, because I like that they introduce... But I, but it's weird. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting it. Like, uh, let me pull up. I made notes. Okay, okay. Um, I will try to answer them without spoiling anything. Okay, so... I said Matt and Foggy get approached by a larger, uh, larger, shadier firm. So the guy is yeah, immediately Wesley. off the bat just creepy. Like, won't give his name, like he pointed out. He's giving them a large amount of money. And yeah, like, so this is a dude, you would have seen him before, because he's the one who, um, he threatened one of the cops. Like, he threatened his daughter. Oh, um, yeah! Okay, that, okay, I just yeah. didn't make... We, there's been so much time in between episodes. Yeah, now we'll be more... Con- yeah. Um, consecutive. Um, so the guy gives them the money. They say, okay, they'll look over the brief. They've got like 30 minutes to get there or whatever. And Matt mm-hmm. follows him to his car. And the guy tells somebody in the car that it's been taken care of, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt is bleeding and I said, and needs to address that ASAP. Because <laughs> take care of yourself. Karen disappeared. And then she, it realized that she's, she worked with Union Allied. Yeah. And she was going to basically sign papers saying that she would never talk about it again. They offered her a large... They offered her a six-month salary. And then... Okay, the guy, Ben, who works for the newspaper. Yes. I love him. Yeah. I said... He's a good guy. I said, Ben has such a kind face, and I think he's gonna... I think he's gonna go bad because he's getting fucked over. Aw. Well... Yeah, no, that's fair. But, like, the insurance company, like, it sucks that things are happening, but his wife is, like... Well, I assume it's... Is his wife or his sister? The one in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Okay, so that's what I thought. But it's like, it's it's got to be tough for somebody who's trying to be, like, a good Samaritan, a good, a law-abiding citizen, and have somebody they love not being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's enough to drive somebody to go bad. Like, that's my point of reference. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. Because if you think about, primarily, what comes to mind is Spider-Man villains. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like a, a Sandman. Like that. Yeah. And then even, like, not... Not the sickness part, but, like, Vulture in Homecoming. Like, yeah. Yep. He was trying to do the right thing, and then... It went bad. Yeah. Um, and then, did the money that they take from the guy... Was that dirty money? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because I said they took dirty money, didn't they? <laughs> 100%. Um, one of the jurors was very nervous because of the shady law firm guy, so... Matt finds out who was, like, talking to her, mm-hmm. beats the crap out of him, gets her to step down, but it's... Um, still a hung jury yeah, but in the end. Still, yeah. Um, I said Matt really needs a better outfit. I get it though. It's only the third episode. I'm just impatient. Yeah. What bugs me about Matt's outfit? I've mentioned it before. Is the Iron Fist thing because like the way his like his headpiece is tied around his head is literally fucking Iron Fist. Okay, but it did come out first, so technically it's <laughs> no. I mean, like comic book wise. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I said he appears and disappears like Batman because he does. Yes. Like, he appeared, beat the shit out of that guy, the guy looks down, looks back up, and he's gone. It makes me think of Justice League. You you saw that one, right? Uh-uh. Oh, no! God. Well, you've seen the trailers, though. Yeah. There's that one scene where, like, um, Commissioner Gordon's talking to everybody, and then, like, the camera pans to Commissioner Gordon, and then it pans back, and it's just the Flash, and he's like, oh, they're gone. Oh, that's rude. And then he takes <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said, 
Matt has jokes. He's so cute, but I don't remember what it was about. Um, Matt is adorable. Matt fucked up the bad guy's plan. And then Wilson Fisk is the bad guy. So, what I remember about that episode is... Oh! The guy. When he... Okay, so the guy they were helping, like, who they were... Yeah, yeah. Lawyering. Healy. Yeah. Um, he he beats him up in the alley, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. He goes... And the dude stabs himself through the freaking face. I was like, what a Game of Thrones moment. Yeah, right? That was the first thing that happened in the show where I was like, oh, Did you watch Sons of Anarchy? No. That show was one of those shows that's pretty brutal throughout. And that reminded me, because it was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw it coming. Well, well like, you, you figured he was going to do something, but you didn't think he was going to, like, they were going to show it. Yeah, too. well, the guy in Sons of Anarchy, he was in a room. Like, they were pushing him to talk. And he wasn't going to, so he bites his own tongue off. And that was, like, one of the first moments <gasps> in the show I was like, no. That did not just fucking happen. It's <laughs> a little brutal for AMC. Eh. <laughs> they got away with a lot in that show. Hmm. They showed, like, a lot of rape in prison on that show. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Okay. My mom watched that show. <laughs> mom, no. <laughs> My mom did, too. <laughs> um, but, so, shows him talking to that guy. He gives up his name, and he's like, you should have just killed me. And it's like, okay, well, you shouldn't have just, you should have just died then. Yeah. Like. Kind of jail. Push your neck a little harder against the glass shard that he's holding to you. Like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> um, but it was just, I feel like, I don't feel like the episode was long enough. I feel like not a lot happened during this episode. Yeah, it, a lot of it was based on that trial, and it was kind of just, like, drawn out. It was interesting to see how Matt, like, listened to everybody's heartbeats, though. Mm, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I think that, like, I mean, that's probably, like, one of the most important things about his character. Mm-hmm. Like, is his sense the auditory of hearing? thing? Yeah. Um, I do like, though, that Matt, um, I like his character a lot. Yeah. I, but I think I've always really liked Daredevil. His comics are really fun, too. Like, I didn't really care about his comics before watching this. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now that I've watched it, I'll, I'll read some. I'm like, because there's, like, Marvel Unlimited is 10 bucks, and you can read, like, all comics. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's got a lot of really interesting ones, too. So... Yeah. They do a good job with him. I really like his character, though. He's cutie. I always... I constantly am forgetting that he's blind. <laughs> like, I don't know why. But, like... or it's because like, he's not really blind, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, he can't see anything, yes, but he still, like, well, quote-unquote sees more than yeah. other people, you know? It's like, I guess I just don't think about it when I think about his character. Like, I mean, I know it's his, like, main thing, but it's like, when I'm thinking about Matt Murdock, I think about the fact that, like, he kicks the shit out of people. mm and, like, he's a pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, like, oh, he's blind. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it. Like I said, I don't feel like there was too much going on in this episode. God, I feel like our podcast is already so long for this episode. We're only uh, through four points. <laughs> Jeez. Well, the next two are pretty quick. Yeah. Um, the next one is Roseanne got canceled. Yeah, and so, like, this is really important to me because, like, Roseanne wasn't a huge show for me growing up, but watching this new season, I thought it was really good and it was going to be really important because a lot of Trump supporters are watching it and I thought that she was setting a good example for them. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and does this racist ass bullshit. Oh my god. And like I told you earlier, she blamed it on Ambien and it's like, what? I My parents, okay, because I don't know anybody that I've known that like has taken Ambien like, in front of me, mm-hmm. but it's like my mom was talking about it and she's like, okay... But, like, I've taken Ambien, and I'm I'm not spewing racial shit over here. <laughs> like, seriously. I think it's, like, she's just, she's just gotten old, and then something about, like, older generation, they've become, like, more, um, vocal, I guess? Like, like, they don't bite their tongue too much, and so I think she's just, like, spitting out whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. And she, like, Roseanne in the past could get away with anything, because her show was so big, and so, like... She did whatever she wanted to, and she probably thought ABC wasn't going to fight her. A lot it. of people really appreciate ABC, though. Because, yeah. Because, like, they're saying, like, it's amazing that they decided to just cut the show off after that. Like... It was their biggest show. Mm-hmm. And it, it took nothing for them to, like, they're really setting an example. Like, you can't get away with this. We're a family network. Yeah. Which is great. But it's so sad for everybody else, a part of the show, because... Like, and the people who love the show. Because, yeah. like I said, I'm detached from it. I didn't watch it. But the people who do watch it and, like, love it, it's, like, I know that if River if this happened to Riverdale, like, I'd be so upset. Or yeah. if this happened to, like, Game of Thrones, yeah. oh, fuck, I'd be, like, are you kidding? And then, like, the weird thing that, that bugs me the most about this is that, like, literally, in the past and in this season, they've done episodes about, like, 
how you need to show acceptance to mm-hmm. people of other like, then she, and she goes does off and shit. does this shit. I'm like, what the fuck? That's so funny. Did you not learn from your own character? Clearly not. Um, and then Supernatural. Yes. So, without going into too much detail, because Kim hasn't watched the last couple seasons. Um, <sighs> so much. So, this, like, is the, this is the um, penultimate season, because next season is last season, is the last season. Yeah. For Supernatural. And it was actually really good. And I think that it's like a true testament to how good this show is that after 13 years, they're still surprising you. I That's what I really like about the show is it's like, because people are like, how do you still watch that show? Is it, hasn't it been like 15 years? And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still good. so good. And this season, like the way it starts out, you're like, like it's a whole new plot. Like, I don't want to tell you too much, but, like, it's a whole new storyline, but by the time you get to the end, you start to see these similarities, and then everything just falls into place, and they're referencing back, like, they start to utilize shit that happened way back in season five, and, like, literally a whole plot line that- That you forgot about? Yeah. Hmm. Comes back. And I'm just like- <gasps> That's so good! It was, it was so good. I'm excited. Good. I've just been, like, I'm not doing all TV shows. I've been gaming more than anything. Yeah. Which ties us into our next Reddit contemplation. Which is, what is the most relaxing video game to play after a stressful day? My three get video games that I've been playing lately. Fortnite, because I'm a normie. Uh-huh. Um, South Park Stick of Truth, which just keeps getting better. Like, I keep getting through the game, and it's gross and it's vulgar, like, uh, just like South Park is. Mm-hmm. Like, currently right now, I'm there's this character, and his name is Mr. Slave, and he's like... No, he's... I'll show you a picture. He's, like, super into, like, bondage and stuff. Okay, okay. And right now, um, he said he was taken by the government and they put, like, a nuke in his anus. Oh, my God. And that's Mr. Slave. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And so now I'm currently inside of Mr. Slave's anus trying to debomb this <laughs> nuke. And, like, as you're going through it, like, a condom's in there... And iPhone's in there. Oh my god. Um, there's bacteria you have to fight. There's bats. There's a flashlight. Jesus. Like, anal beads are... It's just so funny. And so I've been playing that, and that, like, really takes my mind off of stuff, because you have to fight people in it, and you have to use certain skills and stuff, and so I'm like... I'm more focused on, like, what I have to do next in the game. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yes, I fucking love that, that game. game is so amazing. It's such a beautiful it's game. so... Dude, the lake... The lake... World Kingdom, yeah, Kingdom. Yeah. is, like, my favorite right now. And I'm only, like, four kingdoms in, So, but... Honestly, like, a lot of them have the potential to be my number one, I, but it's, like, kind of torn. You'll get there eventually, but, like, New Donk City and Luncheon Kingdom, they're both so much fun. Um, I, yeah, but I'd say, like, to, say, like, relax me in the two games are those... Like, because Fortnite I've torn away from, because Fortnite kind of stresses me out. <laughs> like, I play, I play with Bryson, Kaylee, Jeff, and Dallas... Like, yeah, okay. That's I rotate through that kind of, like, just depends on who's online. But it's, like, after a while, it becomes not fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah. I mean, you can only fucking lose so many times. Oh, and becomes... get no kills so many times, because I'm terrible. <laughs> but. Um, Harvest Moon is a game that super chills me out. Animal Crossing is a game that Which super totally chills me out. Which totally makes sense. And, um, this one's kind of random. But Sid Meier's uh, Civilization Revolution. Oh, okay. Which is, like, kind of not, uh, like, it's just a strategy game, mm-hmm. but, like, I get lost in that game for hours. I mean, good. I mean, beat the world. Yeah. I'd honestly have to say, though, like, if I had to pick one out of my three, it would probably be South Park. Mm. And it's because, like, in Mario, I'm, sh- I'm focused so hard on getting all the moons and, like, finding everything yeah. that, like... So focus on finding everything that it kind of, like, I get distracted by my own, like, not knowing. Yeah. But then, like, South Park, it gets confusing at times, and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Or you have to fight, like, certain people multiple times. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, I like I will play that for, like, six hours, and then, like, look at the clock, and I'm like, holy shit, I need to go to bed. I can't hear. Skyrim used to be that game for me, too, mm-hmm. but it wasn't always necessarily, like, de-stressing. Have you seen, it's like a Twitter thread. And it's this guy talking about Skyrim, and it's talking about how 
he got this dog, and yes. that is one of my favorite things he got on the, the dog, internet. But he couldn't bring the dog home, so he had to get a child to be able to adopt the dog, and, and the, the child, child adopted adopt a rat. Yeah, and then like this whole thing, and then <laughs> he ends up accidentally killing this person, so he ends up abandoning the dog entirely, and it's just like this is Skyrim in a nutshell. Yeah, dude, Skyrim. So like, it's when, like when I played Souls. Skyrim, I didn't get like the expansions that allowed uh-huh. you to have a, like kids. Mm-hmm. So like, I had my um, my house Carl. And I had my, um, husband, and, like, oh, actually, no, sorry, I had a husband, and then I had, like, my sidekick, essentially, because, like, I accidentally killed my house, Carl, and, um, and then I brought her back to life, and I was like, you can't come with me on missions anymore, because I feel, like, emotionally attached to you, so you need to stay at home, and then I married my husband, and then he accidentally died on a mission, and I was like, okay, you can't come with me on missions anymore, like, it was just the perfect definite, like, if anybody was like, I want to play Skyrim, what's it about? I would literally pull that thread up and be like, read this, and then decide if you want to play the game still. <laughs> Are you ready to be emotionally connected to random cell, like, random pixels? things and then not have it work out? Because that's what it is, it's like Grey's Anatomy. Um, and then we're going to touch on the finer things really quick, the book club. We've been talking about this, like, sparsely, because we were trying to do a podcast of yeah. us going... So we read Ready Player One first, and Janelle and I decided that her and I... Because nobody's schedules are working out to where yeah. we can all meet together. So Janelle and, and I decided... We've been trying for, like, a month. <laughs> yeah, we decided that we're just going to record coming soon. Yeah. We're trying for Sunday, but I don't want to say Sunday definitely, just in yeah. case. Yeah. But we're aiming for Sunday. It'll be a separate one. Um, I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be, like... A subscription thing. This one might be a freebie. It's been taking off. Yeah. Yeah. I'll and see what I can figure out. We're starting a new book. We're starting Gerald's game. Yes. And we'll Kim see. has started Gerald's I game. I started it. I'm two chapters in and I'm just uh, I'm not as okay, so I'm I'm bummed because we went from one of the coolest books I've ever read yeah. to like something that doesn't relate to it at all. It's completely a different topic. It's a different writing style. It's so different that it's like watching a TV show and binging it for like two days, finishing it, and then having to pick a different show after. And Stephen King is really hard because I feel like his writing is really like abrasive. Yeah. Most of the stuff that we've read, like not just Ready Player One, but like anything in like art, you know, like just in literature, Hunger Games, all that kind of stuff. Like Like, we went from something that's really fun and fan fiction-y and like like, Twilight has a huge fan fiction base. Yeah, and it's, like, um, there's a lot of, like, um, light details, yeah. you know? It's just, it's really lighthearted. It's easy to read. And then Stephen we went to King's something... stuff is just so, like, straight and narrow. Like, it's just, yeah. like, like... It's you, cut monotone, and dry, and monotone. it's, yeah. So, I'm gonna see how it goes. I'm really gonna just try to get through this book. I, I'm hoping that it'll pick up, because, like, I don't... I hate basing a book off of, like, the first chapter, or yeah. the first few chapters, because it's, like, you're not even giving it a chance. Well, I'm like, saying if we get halfway through this book and we're like, holy fuck, when is this going to end? Then we can just <laughs> head on to the next book and just do a podcast on the first bit that we read. Yeah. Because because I'm not even going to be mad. Sometimes it can be good, but like, okay, so two, two sides of the coin here. When I had to read Great Gatsby for school, I fucking hated the first four chapters. And then after the first four chapters, I loved everything about that book. And it was super great. And it's like one of the books that I didn't hate having to read for school. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of the coin is fucking Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, see, but I never read The Stand. My dad read it, loved it. And he's like, you have to read this book. Hands me this paperback book that's like, gi- yeah, gigantic. <laughs> and I'm like... No, I'm not reading this because nothing holds my attention for that long. Yeah, I read it for um, my, like, English 102 class, Mm -hmm. and I, like, I started reading the first few chapters, and it was just so mind-numbingly boring that I just skipped to what I had to read for my class. My dad read all of the Game of Thrones books. Oh, wow. And he, like, before he watched the series. That's a commitment. And he really liked them, but, like, I look at the Game of Thrones books, and everybody who's read Game of Thrones says you should and says that they te- the details the way they lay out the characters is different but also similar to the show but yeah. a lot better detail in the book as per usual and i can't bring myself to do it the books are so freaking big they're so like at least a thousand pages nick has the books i don't know where they are but um but yeah like they're um, but anyway so big so nick has the books and then like i what happened? so i like had downloaded it on my ipad and i just could not read it. Like, I got through, like, the first few pages, and I was like, this is too hard. 
Anyway, uh, but so, so cautiously optimistic with Gerald's game. I'm hoping that it gets better. I think I just I think I entered it in the wrong mindset. That like like I said, when you quit it, when you binge a show, it's like watching Stranger Things, and then trying to watch like Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, you're watching something that's fun, fan fictiony. I mean, Strain or Sons of Anarchy had a. Big it's usually like the kind of thing they do in like, the opposite way. Like yeah, like. Like we, sh- like I'll when watch you- something super dark. Like we'll finish Daredevil, and then I'll go and watch like a season of Steven the Office Universe or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, or it's like watching a scary movie, and then watching like a kids movie right after. So you're like, I can sleep tonight and not think about the demon I just saw. Yeah, it's like an inverted palate cleanser with this shit. Like, yeah, we had a really good book, and then now it's like, Ugh. but see, the thing is, is it's not necessarily our fault because I remember all of us went into Ready Player One thinking that it wasn't going to be as good as it was. Yeah, we like had no idea what we were going and into. We randomly- drew all these books so mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like we sat down and picked this one we yeah. drew them and i'm glad we started with ready player one because it was great but now i'm just like fuck yeah my book's gonna be bad but um but uh i think we should say it. yeah um so that's gonna do it for us this week it was an extremely long episode uh i guess count that as a bonus since we fucked up last week <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we had a lot to talk about we didn't get to talk last week so yeah. Um, um, follow us on Twitter at Babes of Retail. And you could follow us on Tumblr at Babes of Retail Podcast. And you can email us questions, comments, concerns at babesofretail at gmail.com. And you can also listen to all the episodes on babesofretail.blueberry.net, iTunes, and uh, pretty much any other app where you can get your podcasts. Oh, my cat just got her claw stuck in the blanket. Sorry. <laughs> no, she's just no. stupid. But uh, that's going to do it for us. So... See you next week. Oh, hopefully we'll see you twice next week. Yes. We'll see.